Welcome to the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. My name is Joaquin Elizondo, and I edit films and scripted TV shows in Hollywood. I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program to help aspiring editors start or advance their careers in post-production. I don't have any training in coaching or some fancy degree in psychology. I'm just a guy who is relentless in pursuing his goals and wants to help people do the same. But I didn't achieve happiness and success in my career alone. Throughout the years, I've come across some amazing people that have offered valuable advice and guidance. That's why I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program, to help people navigate the path to achieving their career goals. I've been in your shoes and gone through the same struggles. The challenges and fears on this journey are real. And I want to tell you, it is possible. This is episode 22 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast, and it's for all those Ted Lasso fans out there. Emmy-nominated editors Melissa McCoy ACE and AJ Catalin ACE are here to talk about the hit Apple TV Plus show, and we're going to get a behind-the-scenes look at the editing of this awesome series. We're also going to talk about their approach to cutting comedy and discuss ways how to properly network and build trust with people in the post-production industry. Before we get started, I just want to say thank you for your continued support of Hollywood Editing Mentor. It's been great seeing this community grow, and I want to invite you to be a part of it. You can sign up at hollywoodeditingmentor.com community. As a member, you'll get access to my private Facebook page where I host live question and answer sessions and virtual networking events and post job opportunities for assistant editors and editors. This is also a safe space to meet and connect with other people in the industry. You'll also have the opportunity to submit questions for guests of this this podcast. So sign up today. It's free at hollywoodeditingmentor.com slash community. All right. So the editing team from Ted Lasso is here today. Melissa McCoy ACE first fell in love with filmmaking and editing specifically while a student at Western Michigan University. She then made her way to California and earned a master's in editing from Chapman University Dodge College of Film and Media Arts. In 2007, she earned a coveted internship with Ace, which jumpstarted her career. Melissa has edited Life Sentence for the CW and the Action Comedy comedy series Whiskey Cavalier on ABC. Her work on Ted Lasso earned her an Ace Eddie Award and an Emmy nomination this year. AJ Catalin ACE is from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and is a graduate of NYU's Tisch School of the Arts and USC's Master of Professional Writing program. He serves on the board of directors of the Motion Picture Editors Guild and is a regular contributor to Cine Montage magazine. In addition to Ted Lasso, his picture editing credits include Speechless for ABC, Brockmeyer for IFC, and Black Jesus for Adult Swim. Melissa, AJ, and I will be discussing the importance of building trust with people in order to find opportunities in the post-production industry, the one skill that helped them stand out as assistant editors, how Ted Lasso is a show about mentorship, working on the edit with Jason Sudeikis, how they balance the comedic and dramatic moments in the show, working with improv and comedy, and more great insight into the editing of season two of Ted Lasso. That's all happening now on episode 22 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. The editors of one of my favorite TV shows on right now are here. Melissa McCoy, AJ Cataline. Welcome to the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. Great to have you here. Great to be Ooh, here. Thanks Woo. for having us, Joaquin. Woo! Believe. Well, it was great to meet you and to get a chance to talk to you about Ted Lasso. And also, congrats uh, on both of your Emmy nominations. Thank you. Amazing, yeah. right? What a ride. <laughs> Surreal. <laughs> it's been wild. Well, don't, don't ask us. Please don't ask any questions on how you go about getting an Emmy nomination because I would have never believed it if you'd have asked me even a year or two ago. Do you think you'll get nominated for an editing Emmy? I would have, seen, I would have never believed it, but now, now believe. So I suppose, you know, it's been an amazing ride. Yeah, you never, it just goes to show you never know when you're working on a show. Like you just don't ever know. Like, I, I mean, we really didn't know how it was going to be received. And then, like, just the amount of discourse it's been having, like, it's just wild. It's just wild. It's like people reaching out from all over, like, you know, strangers, people from my high school, like everybody wants to talk to me about it. And I'm just like, wow, I, you know, you always hope that for your shows, but it's just that, it's just that strange alchemy that happens that you just, just, it just goes to show you got to give it your all on every show. Cause you don't know which one's going to, Got to hit the jackpot, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You never know with these things. I mean, you just try to do your best. Uh, but I think when everyone does uh, on a team, that's when people start connecting. The chemistry's there. And I can certainly kind of tell that from, from watching this show. Absolutely. It's, a, it's definitely a, a collaboration. We are a big team. And uh, 
in post. Um, and Mel and I think are lucky to be at the center of it, you know, sort of directing the uh, creative traffic, making sure that, you know, our, our, we work with our sound team, our music team, visual effects team. And, um, but yeah, it definitely starts with a, a tight knit group that we have in, in editorial. And even though we've been working remotely for so long, we, we had a lot of fun together in the first half of season one when we were, we were together. And then, I think adjusting the remote workflow is uh, all new and interesting. And I, I think that that's what I would say is this is a mentorship podcast is on every job. You've got to learn something new. You know, always be open to learning because um, I learned about a whole new workflow editing remotely. And it was kind of like in some ways, you know, learning to ride that uh, editing bike again, like, you know, this is just a little different, but okay. You know, try some new things and, uh, learning to, uh, you know, not have the great big, you know, sound speakers uh, in the in the office or the big giant monitor, you know, to just find other ways. So, yeah, I think uh, always be learning as an editor. Well, I think also be learning and be able to adapt to new things, right? Being able to try new things. I think also that simply just applies to editing in general, right? To being open to saying, you know what, uh, it might not work, but let's try it. Yeah, it's my favorite. I mean, that's what I like to say. It's like, we work in such a, uh, you know, wonderful time where uh, you just uh, duplicate your sequence and try something and no harm, no foul. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't hurt. And I, that's something my professor Donna Chapman, when I went to film school, would always say. He was like, just it's digital. Just try it. Like, there's no excuse to not try it. You know, I definitely want to talk about uh, Ted Lasso more uh, before we get to that. Though, I want to hear about kind of how both of you got interested in editing, became editors uh, and, you know, your path kind of to the editing chair. Mm, great question. Uh, I think uh, for me, you know, it, 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 I started out in uh, unscripted nonfiction uh, documentary reality TV Uh I uh, kind of picked it up right coming out of school. I was um, working on a very yeah, indie, <laughs> that's probably not even the word, it was just very like a school project documentary. And, uh, you know, we can uh, hire an editor. So I, you know, um, offered to get into it. And I had first discovered editing back in the, you know, I'll date myself back in the pre-avid days and tape to tape days. And uh, I just was so impressed with the, the power of, you know, storytelling of, you know, putting, putting shots together that you didn't think would go together and, you know, adding music. And so for me, I, I, I always wanted to write and I love writing and I went to school for writing, but I learned that editing was like writing with, you know, picture and sound. And so I, I, I really fell in love with it. And then, um, uh, just, you know, stayed, uh, connected with people and, and, you know, worked in, and, you know, uh, reality and unscripted is a great, uh, starting ground for an editor. And I don't even want to say starting ground. It's also a finishing ground too. You, you know, I have a lot of friends who are doing really well in careers and in, in, you know, editing reality TV. So certainly it, I'm just saying it's more welcoming than, than scripted, you know, scripted is a, at least in maybe less so now, but back then it, it seemed that it was a, a place you needed a lot of, uh, you know, start off as an assistant or know a lot of editors, but uh, there's so much things that need to be edited. So for someone starting out, I would say just uh, edit what you can and, um, the reality TV world was very welcoming to me and gave me an opportunity to advance to being an editor um, and actually cutting. So, uh, and then it, it, I think uh, it was comedy was a, a common thread in, in my career. I was doing reality comedy, which led to sketch comedy and short film sketches and spoofs. And, and then um, that seemed like a good natural script, a way it segue into scripted uh, and, uh, and producers gave me a chance to cut scripted and then it, it, it built from there. And, um, and then Ted Lasso, uh, came along and I'll, I guess I'll get into that later. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a, it was a good adventure, uh, to, you know, just keep cutting into, uh, and it's been a long, good journey. And here we are. Yeah. I was similar back, uh, back in the day, back in high school, um, I was on the swim team and one of the coaches who was my uh, best friend's brother, he would cut together um, end of the year video every year. He would gather everybody's uh, films and do tape to tape editing. And so I would watch him and just thought that was so cool. It was like the highlight every year of like at the end of the season to watch these videos come together. And I just thought that was so cool. And so then my friend and I started making our own little videos in high school. And then, um, you know, I went to college and, 
I kind of bumped around a lot of different majors, not really sure what I wanted to do because I was in Michigan and I just felt like, I don't know, Hollywood, that's such a crazy dream, right? So, um, uh, but eventually I was just like, listen to my heart and I was like, I want to do film. And so I took a little film class and we made, you know, our own uh, videos and they had uh, Final Cut Pro there. And, and um, it was such a small little program and I was so passionate about it, but I don't think anybody else was. It was like Western Michigan University, like small town Kalamazoo. So I was the only one in the Avid Lab or in the um, Final Cut Pro Lab. Uh, and I was like, this is it. This is so much fun. Like, I love, I love this. And so I finished that. I did some internships there where we did like uh, local cable commercials. <laughs> so kind of did that. And then I said, if I'm going to do this, I really want to do it. And I got into the Chapman film program for graduate school and you could focus on editing there. Um, so went there. And then when I was there, they tuned me into this, um, to the AVID, um, or sorry, to the ACE uh, internship program. And I applied for that and got it. Um, and that like changed my life basically. Like, you know, <clears throat> when I was in film school, I was like, I'm going to do features. That's what I want to do. And on that internship program, they push, they put you with uh, like two feature editors. And then I spent a week with uh, TV editors, um, Alex Might and Barry Wise at CSI. And when I got to that room, I was like, oh, I want to do TV. Like, this is it. Like, I just fell in love with the, the process and I fell in love with them as people. And then when a spot opened up on the show for an assistant, they asked me, do you want to come along? Um, and I said, yes, yes, please. Yes. So then I was there for five years learning from them. And then um, then I just kind of, you know, from there, tried to work my way up and cut whatever I could kind of like AJ, like just cut, 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 whatever anybody's going to throw at you, just cut it, cut it, cut it, learn, learn, learn. I was cutting in the, at night. I did an indie movie at night. So I would watch my editor during the day and learn all of his little tricks, like the trim tool, like that at CSI, we, the assistants at that time, like we had to share an Avid. <laughs> so you had a lot of downtime when somebody else was on the Avid and I would always be taking notes for my editor. Like it was it, at that time, it felt, it was like a great time, I think, because we got so much FaceTime with your editors. So I would be in the back, like taking notes and watching how he was making changes and watching how he was working. And then I would, I was cutting an indie movie at night. So I was able to like practice. And that really made me, I feel like fast on the machine and kind of, give myself like a workflow. Um, so that was a really cool process to like learn and grow from your mentors. But yeah, mentorship was, was everything to me and making, you know, my dreams come true. So that's awesome to hear. I mean, by the way, I went to school in Ann Arbor, U of M. Oh, oh, boo. I, I <laughs> and both my parents went to Michigan state. So. Oh, okay. Wow. No, that, I sense the tension already. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know we had beef, but now we got yeah, beef. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. This conversation suddenly turned. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm much better at it than my parents are. So it's better you're talking to me than my parents. <laughs> yeah. so, since we're shouting out schools, I want to shout out uh, NYU, where uh, you know I grew up in Massachusetts and I, I, I wanted to go to school uh, far enough away from home, but still close enough. So I, I wanted to go to New York and I went to um, NYU and I, I got into the... Uh, the Tisch program uh, for writing, which I really uh, loved. And uh, coincidentally, uh, one of our writers on the show, uh, Bill Rugel, was also at Tisch there at the same time, about maybe a year or two that I was. And I didn't even realize this until, uh, you know, I got some email from uh, the you know Alumni Association, you know, congratulating me on the Emmy and they had listed Bill Rubel on there. And I was like, whoa, what a, what a coincidence. And uh, he got to come into the edit bay in, in season one, but um you know, and we we vaguely or not at all remember each other back then because I guess when you're young in college, you're like taking it all in. And um, but anyway, so so and then so I just want to shout out to NYU. Uh, and then I also when I went out to uh, L.A., I, I did a, a writing program at USC because I wanted to like meet people. And it worked out because there was a lot of um, USC alum who were into editing and allowed me to uh, mentor with them and learn the Avid when it was first coming out and. And one of the uh, first people I met who's in the Editors Guild is Dorian Harris, uh, ACE. And um, she, and I stayed in touch with her over the years. And, and now we see each other a lot in the Editors Guild. And she was one of my sponsors to get into American Cinema Editors. So 
mentorship uh, can stretch back uh, a long time. So, you know, I, I, I recommend everybody to stay in touch with your, your mentors and, and, and value them and learn a lot from them. You know, I just, people, you know, ask me a lot about, you asked how we got started, but I want to um, kind of just talk about uh, networking just for a moment and I can share a, a funny story. And I would advise this to, you know, listeners who are either just getting started or looking to find, you know, new or different work uh, as editors. I hear that a lot from editors, people like, I want to cut something different. I'm, I'm cutting comedy, but I want to cut drama or I'm working in television or I want to go to film. Uh or whatever it may be. Um, and so I would just say that, you know, on, on this show, on Ted Lasso, you know, I couldn't exactly pinpoint for you how I got here. I just will say that I, uh, through uh, editing mentors of people I connected with, you know, I was like, I want to get more into scripted. And, and, uh, and they were like, you know, well, you know, networking and knowing people helps and, you know, maybe, you know, having an, an agent might help. Uh, and I didn't know how to get one of those, but the, it was always done through meeting other editors and connecting with them. And in fact, my assistant editor, uh, Alex, uh, you know, we met at the editors guild, uh, at a, at a mixer event and we, you know, it wasn't a big mixer. And so that we, you know, the people who came, we, you know, got to talk a lot, to each other. It was actually a game night that they were having and uh, just something about him. We just clicked and stayed friends. And I just, you know, uh, stayed in touch with him over the years. I didn't think about, you know, hiring him, but then, um, and I guess this happens a lot to assistant editors that I've worked with. They move on, they become editors or they're working on like big projects. Uh, I was on a show once it was actually Brockmire, which is another sports show where both of the assistant editors moved on to a star Wars film, you know, insane because they had networked that way. <laughs> so, uh, I was looking for a new assistant editor and Alex came to mind. And so, you know, because we had networked uh, together and just became friends, uh, it, it, it felt like it, it, it worked. And so with, with Lasso, I just want to give a shout out to Kip Kroger, our supervising producer who gave me the, you know, the chance and believed in me to, to work on this show. You know, in the case of Mel, Mel had been working with Kip and Bill Lawrence for, you know, several projects before. So I was like the newbie on the team, but um but Kip trusted me and, you know, we had met on a job interview years ago. Uh, and for whatever reason, I didn't get hired on that, but, um, we just made a connection in the room and I just kind of would email him, you know, over the years and staying in touch. And, and then I had, I had cut this Jason Sudeikis, uh, short film that I, uh, worked on as a spoof for the history channel. He was spoofing, uh, Thomas Edison with one of his friends, Dan Harmon, of Rick and Morty fame. So I got to cut that little short and, and I just like, I would, I would really like editing Jason Sudeikis. He's just awesome. I would love to work on something with him one day, but I didn't know how to do that. And then I had just read that Ted Lasso was happening. And so, you know, I reached out to Kip and I connected with him and he's like, well, you know, Jason probably has his own editors, but I'll keep you in mind. Um, you know, part of the story is, is that, you know, I, I have a hunch that if, if Kip had had a crystal ball and had known back then that Ted Lasso would become such a huge uh, hit, he might have like said at the time, well, I really got to work really hard and interview all these editors and have them go through a, you know, a five point interview process and meet all these people and make sure they have a stellar resume. And, but, you know, we went into the show thinking all I had to go on was the original Ted Lasso short spoof sketches so i just presume this is gonna be another like a jason c baker sketch show and i hadn't done a short sketch so i'd mentioned that to kip and he he trusted in me um and funny story uh i think i'm gonna share this with mel but i think because you know, as i say we were getting the scripts uh so when the episode 10 script of season one came out and we were all like oh here it is and we all like everyone was like reading it in the office and it was like a massive sports action drama, that whole ending with the lasso special. And in front of the, it was like this big, big set piece, like, you know, like a major league type ending. And I was in my day editing some other episode and I heard like, knock, 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 knock. And Kip just like storms in. He's like, question, you've cut sports action before, right? And I was like, so not a question you want your producer to ask you in the middle of the project. Do you know what you're doing? You know, I figured <laughs> that, that, that film, you know, with Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, uh, Spies Like Us, where they're like spoofing doctors and they're in the middle of an operation. And he's like looking below the operating table. How do I operate on a liver? So that I was like, where's the avid manual? How do I see comedy, drama, sports action? Okay, yeah, how, this is how you cut sports action. You know, but I had said to Kip, I said, yeah, I have worked on a scene on Brockmire that was um, 
like a similar major league ending. And he's like, okay, good, good. And I see he's gone down. But uh, the point of the story is, is stay in touch with people and, uh, you know, tr- people will ultimately trust you and you trust other people. I trusted my assistant, you know, we hadn't worked together, but I, and I even said to Alex, like, you know, once I realized how big this project was, like originally we're, we weren't even going to cut on the Warner Brothers lot. Kip was like, we might get this room out in the valley, you know, at the Moviola, you know, rental facility. And then it became, oh, we're going to be on the Warner Brothers lot. So everything about this show just like ramped up in, you know, when we saw the material and how amazing it was. And so even with Alex, I said, wow, I, I really gave you, we hadn't worked together and I threw you into this, this massive project, but it all clicked because it was all based on trust, which is based on networking. So I just want to share that story to the, the listeners out there. That's what mentorship means to me is connecting with people and trusting them on an, another level. And it will work both ways for you. So that, that's the advice I could give to anyone out there. Like, how do you move up in editing? It's, it would be that story of, you know, of trust. So I hope that that's valuable. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so valuable. And I appreciate you sharing that because that's the thing. It's conversations I constantly have with people about networking and, and trust. And, and I always tell people networking, you know, there's many layers to that. It's not just networking and say, hi, you know, my name is this. I'm looking to do this. It's about building relationships mm-hmm. and therefore eventually building trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it is about what you said is like keeping in touch with people, checking in. Yeah. And having fun. Yeah, exactly. Right. Showing people you care and having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think like authenticity is, you know, it's not about a lot of times people think like networking's like, you know, uh, I mean, yes, you can't be probably, you know, doing keg stands and stuff, but like being your true authentic self when you're, when you're meeting with people and that does build the trust in the, um, because yeah, it's all about learning and growing. And I learn from, you know, I learn from everybody in our post team, you know, like I have my ears open with, with AJ, with, you know, the assistants with our post coordinators, with our, anybody, you know, whoever's, we're all helping each other, I, I feel, um, and helping each other grow. And yeah, so you really want to have that trust and, and those authentic relationships that uh, you can really have open and meaningful conversations you know, because it is, you do have to get down to the nitty gritty with this stuff. Like, does this make you laugh? Like, please be honest with me because, you know, like, it, it, it just, uh, you know, even if I disagree, but at least we can have that discussion, that open, honest discussion, because it's only going to help everybody at that point, you know, like, you know, if my assistant says, I don't know about that. And, you know, I'll, okay, well, what do you think about this? No, oh, I didn't think about that. You know, and we can have those back and forths and, and it, and it's, and it's honest and real. And that just, you know, at the end of the day helps everything. So. And, and Mel said it so best in her, her speech, winning the ACE Eddie award, which was a beautiful, it's talk about the most authentic speech of the night. <laughs> Mel is the realest uh, person. One of the most real people there. And it was just so beautiful. And I cry watching it, but uh, <laughs> Mel said something great. She's like, Ted Lasso is a show about mentorship, you know? And I feel that's just been so true. We've, we've all learned from each other. I've learned so many new workflows and yeah, listening to Mel, you know, Mel has such a, a great year for music and, and weaving music into the story. And I've learned a lot, you know, from her cuts and she's a rainbow is a great example of that, you know, literally nailing that needle drop now. <laughs> and as always, it's a pleasure to edit next to uh, Melissa McCoy's edit day because you just oh. hear the great, great tunes jamming all day long. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, same talk about that the needle drop of Roy Kent, uh, you know, going into the, going into uh, soccer Saturday. Oh yeah. 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 That was great. <laughs> Yeah. I actually have a question here from one of my mentees, Danny Brugman. He wants to know, when you were assistant editors, what was the one quality or skill that helped you move up and progress on shows? For me, it was being quick, I think. Like being fast and anticipating um, anticipating the editor's needs so you could have that free time when a project came around, like not procrastinating. Like if something came up, I would do it right away. So then if an opportunity came up, it was like, I wasn't behind. Um, so that was some, and, and towards the end of my career, I, I had one of my, one of my favorite editors I worked for, Sunny Hodge, she was like, you're the fastest I've ever had. <laughs> and I was like, I was like <laughs> you know, cause not sloppy. I don't want, don't want to say be sloppy, but you know, doing it with the with quickly efficiently and you know the just 
not overcomplicating things and, and just streamlined and getting it done. So you have that opportunity when a scene comes up or, you know, extra time to go into the room with your editor, you know, if they invite you in, that's really helpful. Yeah. I think, uh, I agree with Mel speed, uh, definitely, uh, helps, um, you know, coming, you know, in the, in the television world and in reality, we had to cut quickly and to, you know, learn from each other. We would always, you know, I would see other editors, doing little tricks and like, Oh yeah, how do you do this? I would learn, you know, new, you know, little <laughs> keystrokes and different things. I was like, Oh wow. I didn't know that's amazing. And then just kind of remembering these things and kind of incorporating them and, and sharing too. So, you know, if you have a good workflow and you see another editor, you know, or assistant editor, you know, maybe doing something, share a suggestion on how you do it. Um, Yes, speed, uh, I think, was very important. And I think also just uh, having an attitude of, of caring. I rec- I say this to everyone, you know, uh, the, some of the compliments I've been given is producers and directors, but also other editors that I worked for would be like, look, you really care You're when we're in the trenches. Um, you're, I can trust that you're willing to help us get through to the other side. And um, I think that's important to show that that passion and that you're, you're, you know, you're going to, you know, care enough to solve the problem editorially and be there. And, uh, so I think that, uh, uh, helps. Absolutely. Yeah. It's certainly, it's a combination of like the, I guess, soft and hard skills, right? I mean, obviously we got to do, you know, know what we're doing on Avid. We got to do our job well, but you know, we got to pay attention to also simply being good communicators, right? Having a positive mm-hmm. attitude. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we spend so much time together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you got to be a team player and just be pleasant. And, you know, um, I mean, we all have our days, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, 12 hour days, six, seven days a week sometimes. So, yeah, being a people person is good sometimes, even though we're in small rooms individually a lot, but it's still. Yeah. Yeah, a good skill. And do those, uh, you know, breaks during the day. Those are so important. Like, you know, I would see Mel and Frankie and our other, our post uh, producer, our associate producer, Caitlin Hollenbach. They would always like, hey, we're going for a walk down to the, you know, the coffee shop on the lot. And I'd be like, oh, I got all this work to do. I don't have time to go. But, you know, just I would go with them just to stay connected. And it's important to, you know, that that's not time wasting. It's more, it's valuable to build those bonds and go spend 20 minutes with your crew and, and, yeah. and, and always connect, uh, or after work, go out for you know, a drink or, or, I think it's important that the crew goes to lunch too. We had a, a great patio out on the, um, on the roof that we would go sit and have lunch, you know, don't, don't just sit in your bay and work through your work, you know, uh, as they say in the guild, lunch is not a luxury and it's not just about a break, but it's more about getting that, that cohesion of the, of the team together and talking about, what you're seeing, what you're liking, what you're confused about, you know, because you can, it's a safe space, you know, if mm-hmm. something's just not working, like, oh, how are we going to get through all this and meet this deadline? Just, you know, that sharing that, the, that honesty, I think builds, you know, cohesion in the team. Yeah. Uh, obviously things are a little different now. Uh, we're yeah, working from I know. home, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. So we have to do it on Zoom. Yeah, we tried. We did some Zoom cocktail hours and birthdays. We would do Zooms and when we, you know, the, uh, Eddie Award came out. We we did a toast and on Zoom. So we, we tried on Zoom, and we have our our community Slack, I, which I think a lot of people are doing. So we have all yeah. all the good threads on Slack. We have a puppy yeah. thread and just yeah, like yeah. things to make you feel good. <laughs> yeah. As opposed, to like we have a general uh, Slack channel that we've been posting all the funny articles that come up and. Oh yeah congratulations to people and so you know we're trying and, and i think it's made us almost stronger like don't wouldn't you say aj like we oh absolutely I communicate with our music editor i mean i always did but just like mm-hmm. having that like personal like oh absolutely yeah. you know i would say oh to my assistant frankie i would say hey could you reach out to richard but now it's like we can all be on a thread together and mm-hmm. then it, you know if something comes in that i wasn't uh you know i i passed the notes on if i I especially like when I love it, I just write to him directly and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, great work. I love how you did this. I love, you know what I mean? And it's just, you're able to quickly talk to one another. Whereas before I probably like wouldn't have taken that extra time to write the email, which is terrible, but you know, it's like the Slack makes, makes it easy. So there's, I'm trying to find the positives (laughs) because Mm -hmm. otherwise we're all just going to go mad. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, it's important when giving notes. Uh, I think that's important for editors to know how to take notes, you know, uh, not take them personally, but to look at, you know, how they can be, you know, areas to explore. And um, and sometimes I'm really grateful. Like you get a note at first as an editor, you're like, oh God, you know, I can't believe it. But then you're like, you know what? I'm really glad that they had me go dig in there because I saw a different way and now it's better, you know? Um, but also giving notes back to people. Um, yeah, because it's amazing. We have a music editor in the show, so we, we can give him notes or give the sound team notes. And I always talk to them a lot about what's really working what I love. And a lot of my notes are, love this moment. Oh my God, I can't believe, you know, and then that way when you do give a note, like, I feel like the music can be louder here than, you know, or whatever you're giving more constructive criticism, then it, it's, it's balanced with the positivity, as Mel says, yeah. Yeah, uh, I want to move on to, to Ted Lasso again. Congratulations on your Emmy nominations for your work on season one. Thank you, awesome! I loved it, binged it, of course. Uh, and uh, well, now you're working obviously on season two. I mean, literally, yeah. still working on season two. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, keep, yeah. Keep watching. Is yes. How everybody uh, these episodes are going to get amazing. I, I told AJ I'm so excited for the Twitter on Friday. Uh, oh wow! Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be watching Friday. Um, yeah, and some people you, reached out about five, and I was like, I want to hear what your thoughts are when you hear when you watch six and <laughs> six, then <laughs> seven and eight. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I, I feel like a lot of people binge season one and then are angry about kind of the rollout uh, weekly because I feel like it was a slow burn for a lot of people, and then by the time people figured out people were talking about Ted Lasso, they could binge the whole season. So it, it'll be interesting, I, I think, when people get to the end because. The weekly rollout is is kind of unusual nowadays, and especially mm -hmm. with, with, I think, the little things Jason's been doing this season, uh, you're going to get to the end and be like, oh, <laughs> I didn't, yeah. you know, like, I didn't see that coming, is what I, mm -hmm. I'm, hoping, I'm hoping and praying for, because I think we do some some turns, but they, they build over the whole season, and, you know, it's 12 episodes this year, so I'm, ex I'm excited for... Um, the end discussion. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, it needs to be rolled out slowly because we're, we're still working on, on things. There's a lot of uh, visual effects in the show. Um, for those who don't know, we don't play in front of a live stadium crowd. That's all added in visual effects. Um, you know, we play out in the middle of a field uh, somewhere with green screen. Uh, so, so there's a lot of work and, and, and visual effects and sound and, and the amount of iPhones in the show, it's, it's you're working on an Apple show, man, a lot of iPhones and laptops that need but, to be keyed in. So thank yes. God to our assistant editors, Alex Zabo and Francesca Crastro. They, they're amazing doing all that temp tracking work so we can get a feel of how that will be. So, yeah. Uh, but Jason, that, that's always, why we're doing the rollout. Yeah. But Jason would always say, like, like people, I got to see what he would see some complaints that's like, we're just like an Apple advertisement. He's like, no, I mean, that's not Jason's mindset at all with the show. He's just like, what are you on, on all day long? It's your phone. You know what I mean? It's, it's real life. And he's very into real life. And I'm like, you're right. Like, we, this season, because we have, it's so phone he heavy, we played with having like, you know, kind of the, um, the text come up on the screen and um, uh, like not cutting to an insert, but just having it kind of be on the screen. And Jason's just like, it just doesn't feel uh, like real as real as, as what you're like. He's like, everybody, you look anywhere, everybody's doing this. So mm -hmm. it's not so much an Apple placement as in like, everybody's got this phone and he's looking mm -hmm. and I was like, you're got me. You're right. Like, that, I, I'm all day long texting people like who makes phone calls anymore. No, like, and if you do, you're like a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate that about him and his, com him, and his commitment to what he feels is right. And, and his vision for the show. And um, yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about Jason. I would follow him into the mm -hmm. fires. I'm like, let's mount up. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Let's go. because he's just such a, a visionary in that way for me. So. Oh, he really is. And it's so fun to edit with him. Uh, you know, we're, we're with him face to face on, on zoom and it, it, yeah, he just knows so uh, many amazing film and television references. He's seen it all. So um you know, he's always, we're always seem to be doing an homage to, to something. And I find myself watching, you know, more, uh, 
film and TV and, uh, you know, because of all his uh, references. But, you know, to what Mel was saying about the rollout this year is, yeah, I think people should be patient, especially all you people on Twitter, because, uh, you know, each episode will it's going to reveal it to you, to you as the viewer, how it was revealed to us as editors and how it happened to the crew and even the actors. You know, this was a real uh, vision in the minds of, of Jason Sudeikis and, and then the writing team of, um, of, you know, Bill Lawrence and everyone in the writer's room. Uh, and they created a real arc. And uh, so uh, that happened to Mel and I, like we were cutting episodes, you know, two and three. And then, you know, a few weeks later, we got the scripts for episodes, you know, uh, 10 and 11. And we're like, oh, wow, that that's interesting. So now maybe we go back and do an adjustment in episode two, three, knowing now what happens in episode 10 and 11. So um, we had more of that luxury season one, a little less so this year because we we're on a, you know, tighter, quicker turnaround. But still, we had the time to, you know, go back and adjust and, and make uh adjustments knowing you know what we know now so i would say to the viewers uh enjoy that as we did be patient (laughs) what was the approach i guess to season two i mean like what discussions did you have prior to starting this new season were you you know looking to try different things trying to stay away from things that you did and maybe certain things in season one um what was what were those conversations like Uh, don't don't fuck it up keep it awesome (laughs) 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 a little pressure but mostly it was like i felt like the gloves were off like let's do this now you know Mm -hmm, what i mean like whereas mm -hmm. we were we were more unsure and and i think uh you know, soft step season one and season two, I, I felt like I was like, let's go. Let's, let's mm-hmm. take those creative leaps. Let's, you know, let's embrace what people were loving about the show. And um, I just thought it was so cool that, um, you know, we got to uh, explore different characters um, and, and patience. Like Jason is, is all about having patience in explaining our moments. And so I felt like we felt more confident in that of like, of, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, building those moments with with patience and um, gravitas, and you know all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, I think we were nervous in season one. You know, we're doing a half hour comedy that's you know pushing thirty four, thirty five minutes in season one, and then I think we just that went that went out the window. It's like we'll, we'll take people who are loving the show. The 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 fans uh, will have patience and will watch. So let's. Yeah, let's delve into the moments and um, it cuts differently than a comedy. I, I learned that as an example of learning something new on every project. You know, in, in comedy early on, I was always taught to hurry up and get to the next joke. And then when that joke's done, get to the next joke after that. But this was more about, you know, it's not all about the comedy. It's about taking time for those dramatic moments and seeing how the characters are reacting to each other. And, uh, yeah, leaving some extra pauses there as needed. You know, um, we, we developed some shorthand, Mel and I, like stopping time, like this moment, you know, we need to stop time in this moment and just sit in it for a second and leave room for an, an inhale and an exhale and those breaths so that, you know, we get the laughs and the audience has a chance to laugh. And it was just great, uh, Jason uh, and Bill giving us the, the confidence to, to you know, stick uh, with it and um yeah and 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 leave time and take take the time that's needed for the story i have another question from a member of the hollywood editing mentor community chris kobe says the show has a special way of balancing the comedy with dramatic human moments how do you strike this balance in the editing you know there's there's times we do the quick like you know if he if he's talking with rebecca and his office and it's fast paced and um you know like i'm thinking of the at first episode when it was like, so sometimes girl talk needs to be more like girl, listen, like that was kind of, that was really rat-a-tat, rat-a-tat, rat-a-tat. But um, I think also in this show, we're really big into the um, like uh, reaction shots, you know, because there's so many different characters and everybody's so funny. Like they're, and everyone's always listening, which is such a pleasure. So you get a lot of like really great Nate beard, Roy, I mean, there's just so many people you can go to. So that's that's been really fun building those moments because it's all about how these characters are with one another. So you're always wanting to see how, you know, Roy's grumpiness against Jamie is like, you know, all these different Keely and Rebecca and their and their girlfriend relationship, like 
Ted with anybody, how anybody's reacting to Ted's Tedisms. Um, it's always really fun to, to, to go that route. Everybody's always giving you a little something extra on their side when, even when, you know, the focus is on our, our other character. So that's been really fun um, for the comedy. That's different from this show, I think, than a lot than some. But yeah, it, and it's also we plant a lot of things. So, um, you know, sometimes reaction shots are in there uh, sneakily to set up something maybe two episodes down the way. And 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 if we know it and hopefully subconsciously you know it. And so when we get to that moment later on, you've felt you felt we've set that up, um, <clears throat> you know, whether you get it or not you you get it sort of thing um so yeah so this show's different in that way of like co- like because a lot of times yeah comedy is like fast 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 and i don't think it's much character stuff sometimes um but yeah ted lasso is really big into the character stuff so when you get to those dramatic moments you can slow down and take your time uh, i mean i guess uh, talking about comedy i mean how do you how do you gauge comedy i mean how do you determine what's funny if a joke is working i mean obviously i mean you're, you're first you're working together as you're doing your editor's cut obviously then working with directors and jason eventually but i mean how does that play out as far as gauging what is going to work or probably what isn't well, I, I mean, uh, Lasso is a is a show that you know it doesn't it's it's not so um, funny maybe on the surface as perhaps other sitcom shows are. Sort of a, a, a deeper kind of comedy, sort of a situational comedy, true to the word sitcom. Uh, so I find myself laughing at uh, at moments that aren't necessarily jokes, but just sort of uh, you know kind of the insanity that our our characters are kind of going through, you know. Uh, you know, when, when, you know, like when Ted realizes that Higgins has hired uh, Dr. Sharon to stick around for the season and to see him fretting, you know, like that, it's, you know, he's not necessarily saying a joke, but it's just the situation that he's now got to confront, you know, having a, a therapist, you know, in the same building as him, which is probably, you know, something he's avoided, you know, all his life because he solves problems with, you know, biscuits with the boss and, you know, loving barbecue sauce and, uh, you know, making a lot of, uh, wonderful you know puns and you know seizure you later and you know so so he's now having to sort of face his his fears and so yeah so uh it's not about you know a specific joke although those are wonderful and those are there i just think you feel it you know uh if it makes me laugh uh, i put it in when i'm going choosing you know performance that i like and I think Jason trusts us and I think we're in line with his sensibilities. And so it, it works, but sometimes he'll surprise me and be like, hey, is there a different read or a performance on that? You know, I might want to try something else. And then we put that in and, and then I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. That works better. Or oftentimes he'll be like, no, no, that's it. You, you, you got the right one. Let's move on. So um, I think you just feel it, you know, that's the magic question. How, what is some, how is something funny? Um, I think when you feel it, when you laugh at it and when you feel it, it's about both. Yeah. When you, when I go through, I'm, I'm always, Oh, whatever tickles me. I'm like, Oh, I got to get that in. Um, and then I, I always try to remember if something's like close second or there's, I'm like, Oh, they tried this. And I think, you know, maybe they might like this. I always try to cut an alt quickly, you know, like I'll get the bones of it, a joke or something. I'll get it, you know, the bones of it and then swap it out, like dupe, dupe the sequence. And I have an alt spin and, and try that. So then, you know, when I'm got Jason in, if I remember, you know, I'll be like, Oh, you know, I just want to show you this. If you like it, like some, you know, not all the times, but it, sometimes I'll, I'll do those, those things. Um, Cause I, I, I have a very strong, you know, opinion about my, my humor, but um, you know, I'm also, <laughs> Not, you know, not <laughs> smug enough to think that I, I'm the end all be all of humor. So I, you know, I like to uh, have options, have the option if they've given me multiple things. But a lot of times it's just like one take. They found something and it's just hilarious and you, you can't deny it. And it's whatever they character wise they did. It's, it's just makes me laugh and makes me giggle. Then then it's got it. I, I have to find a way to get that piece in. So in a close up, if it's in a wide shot, like I remember the funny and then sometimes I build the scene around just getting that in there, <laughs> that joke, mm-hmm. that that 
reaction shot. Yeah, improv makes that show fun. We don't have a, a, a ton of it. Uh, I mean, because a lot of it is so well written, but it's definitely there. Like, you know, uh, when Ted walks out of Rebecca's office and says, high five, tree, there's one take of that. It's just something he thought of in that moment. And uh, I was like, have to get that, that button in. And yeah, you reverse engineer from that point uh, backwards. So um, yeah, and, you know, hitting his head and the door and then Mel, we go on and on. There's a ton of awesome improv uh, in the show. And that's what's great with working uh, with a comedic actor, you know, like Jason in his SNL days is you're, you're always, he's always going to keep you on your toes as an editor and, and surprise you. Like I can see that coming and, you know, and you remember it and love it. And, and I think also, you know, that something's funny when you watch cut after cut after cut, and it still makes you laugh. It's just, you, you can, bank on that i was gonna say uh there was this one uh episode three i think when it, they're all in the locker room they're they're all uh you know going hard after after jamie and you cut to the dutch player and he says he says and he says something like i don't know you but i don't like you yes and it's just like this two seconds <laughs> I, I just that. i could not stop laughing for i don't mean i mean for like the remainder of the show jan mas has the funniest bits this he, he will continue to make you laugh with his dutch witticisms <laughs> And that was something that I didn't even hear in the because uh, it was also loud. And I didn't like I just had it be like a, uh, it was just like a den of people just yelling at him. And Jason was like, I think he's saying because he was there on set. And that was when I was like, oh, and I went and found his lob and dug that out and then like stayed there longer to finish the sentence because I didn't I didn't hear it. And the avid that. Was, so that was another thing where it was like, oh, that wasn't scripted. And, um, thankfully, you know, Jason on set remembered that. Um, and yeah, we dug that out, raised that up. He, there's a lot of those these season where he was like, Hey, I think he's yelling like, hell yeah. When the, in the rom-com, um, episode where they start talking about Renee Zellweger and like, like one of the players in the back in the very back yells like, hell yeah. <laughs> so I was just like digging mm-hmm. through like all the labs because there's like, you know, 15 16 with that when the big locker room scenes um and i was like oh there it is so i could dig those out and um yeah thankful for for having people on set that <laughs> finish the shows with us to find those little gems that sometimes get hidden in the in the you know sound files that come to us do you guys use script sync at all i know oh, that's absolutely. something that's really you know used a lot in comedy uh, i like it uh because uh in comedy to me it's about finding the best version of a line uh, quickly and uh it's definitely come in handy working with uh bill and jason when they're like what do we else do we got on that and they want to try it in the moment and script sync comes in handy then i also like it because it, to me it maps out a scene uh, very quickly and i can see it, how the scene was structured uh it's like a roadmap so um i do ask my assistant to uh script sync that's that's the workflow i like yeah i I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> conflict on um, podcast. I know, exactly. Change my mind. Change my mind. No, no, I mean, it's, it's totally fine. And I just, I, I, um, I guess maybe it's just because I have always just, I like, and maybe, I don't know. I, I like to watch all the dailies and then, and then I just, and maybe it's because there's not like, I don't, we don't have like a so much footage that it's overwhelming. I think if, if that's the case, like I'll have my assistant do it on like huge scenes, like um, in the pilot, the, uh, the, um, the, you know, when, when Jason's first press conference, like I did though, like the big scenes that I know, like maybe producers are going to want to really dig in on these. Um, and it's, and I've got a ton of footage, uh, like let's do those. And so I prior, I, I prioritize those, but I don't usually use it to cut so much. Um, I don't know. There's just something about just going in the bins and, and just, I, and I write, I write, I write my notes down. And so like, I'll like, when I'm watching the dailies, like I like to sit back and, and watch all my dailies and then I'll write down, like, I like this line and, and then I'll start from there, like uh, when I'm working. But um, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I would rather my assistant do other things, I guess. So it's not my priority for getting a scene. I'd rather, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But I know a lot. So many people use it. I just, it's just not my my thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear a lot of editors cut without it. And I think it's very cool. And I think also then there's. Uh, yeah, you you watching and studying those takes and kind of picking a couple key takes that you stick with, and then and then you don't 
change that as much, but um, for consistency and continuity, yeah. You know, multicams, I think I used it more um, when I worked on multicams too, because for some reason, yeah, those would really help because that's all about like line reads, especially when you get into the room with the producers and stuff. So, uh, you know, I I won't, I don't say that I don't use it all the time. I'll just say uh, selectively. This show has some great music. And earlier you mentioned the use of She's a Rainbow by the Rolling Stones, which was in episode five of this new season. Can you tell us how that sequence came together? Talk about um, what a team effort that She's a Rainbow was. Like that was, that was scripted. And then, but then like the material came in and I was like, this is a long journey and it needs to be five minutes, not and the song is three minutes. And so it was like, I built kind of like, I just added, added at it. So you could, so the instrumentals ran under like a lot of the dialogue and then where had it where I wanted to pick up. And then I sent it to our music editor. And I was like, please, please, please. Can you fix these? I, Cause there's no instrumental of that song. Cause it's older. So it was like kind of impossible for me to do like a smooth edit, uh, you know, and he nailed it. And then was like, at the end, I, you know, uh, I'd always had it land. Uh, have you seen her dressed in blue when Higgins' wife comes in and she's wearing blue? And he was like, did you notice that Keely's in gold? And so I had the line, you know, have you seen her all in gold land on that? So then any changes I made, I was like, okay, we got to keep the strings on Nate. We got to keep those blue and golds and like anything else. And, and then if, so he probably did like 40 <laughs> music edits of that for me. Um, but everybody that was like, you know, just and oh my assistant, she came up with the what if the music stopped when Roy's uh you know knee goes out. So that was a real like just like what a like a creative great because we were trying to find ways to expand the song and not have it be so repetitive. Um and so that was just it was such a I was talking about it with her because so many people reached out to me about that song. And I was like, it's just encapsulates, I feel like Ted Lasso so well because it it has been such a I've I feel like I've embraced Ted Lasso in my work life, like of just being like, you know, Ted listens to Nate, the kit man. And, and, you know, and that just makes everybody stronger. And I was like, what a brilliant. And then I know lots of people talk about this now too, like CEOs and coaches should all listen. And I was like, well, now we have to live our lives like that. And what a great way to live, you know, to not feel so closed off and just open up and say like, you know, bring your A game. What are you going to bring? And we're going to all elevate one another. And I, I, I really feel like so lucky that we all got to go, go on the show. Cause I feel we're going to be able to carry that into anything we go into. And also I'm, I just right now I'm trying to embrace what a beautiful work environment we have, that we have that ability to work together as a team like this. It's such a luxury and a, and I just, I just feel so lucky over our team. Like, you know, working with AJ and, and, and Alex and me with Francesca, my assistant, and then our whole like Robbie, Caitlin, Kip music, you know, music and sound Brent Finley, our, our, our supervising sound editor is just so lovely and works with us. And we talk about, you know, we have a great back and forth with everybody and it's just, um, it's just been beautiful feel really lucky you know you when you get on shows like that you just don't have that sometimes you get on a show and then you're working like dogs and you don't get to meet people as much and then it gets canceled and then you know you just (laughs) didn't get a chance to form those relationships and we've just been able to do that on this and so embracing it and you know I, i hope this kind of work environment for everybody at some point and i know you know, might not have it forever. So I'm trying to really embrace it <laughs> mm. and um, appreciate it. Yeah. So well said, Mel. Beautiful. And we've given our assistant editors a, a chance to edit uh, the season. They both yeah. got uh, uh, editing credits on the, on the season this year. So because of their, you know, we've just really, uh, you know, uh, trusted in them to, to help with the vision and everybody brings something to the table. Yes. And then, and, and, and great call on the rest of our post team, even, even our, um, our post coordinator, you know, Robbie Stevenson has gotten so involved with, you know, helping us find stock shots and, you know, suggesting songs and, you know, and helping, you know, and, and, every, and it's now we're at a point where it's all eyes on the show. So everyone's like watching the final details and everyone's, you know, contributing. And yeah, it's, it's really firing on all cylinders. And I just hope that's a workflow I can take the lasso away and yeah. learn a new thing. Yeah. What a blessing that we, it is a blessing. Yeah. Very grateful. Yeah. 
to the editing gods. Thank you, editing gods. <laughs> no, it's, special when this, it's special when this happens. Yeah. Right? And definitely got to enjoy the moment. And, Absolutely. You know, great, Live in the moment. Be present. It. Be yeah. a gold. Live in the now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, I certainly, right. hey, I watched season one. I, I want to be Ted Lasso. Like, honestly, I, I got I to gotta say. That speaks about you because, uh, you know, a lot of people say, like, I want to be Roy Kent. <laughs> so, <All right. laughs> so I love that you're a Ted Lasso. Like, we, all, we all took that personality quiz, right? At the end of season one, they did that. And we were all like, who are we? I can't remember what you were, AJ. What were you? Oh, I know. I probably I probably came up as Nate. Um, but I identify also with Rebecca, too, because she <laughs> is learning to, you know, we all have a lot of, you know, sort of a tr- angst or trauma or shadow in our life. And it comes out sideways, but it's just so much more conscious. And we bring it out, you know, forward, you know, consciously. And she's just done that in her arc of season one and does even way more in season two. And, and uh and I like the message that, you know, she could have had a, a con- conflict relationship with Keely, but instead she embraced Keely and that's worked out better. So I think, yeah. So I don't know. I would say I would relate to Rebecca or Nate. Yeah. Well, I got to say, I, of course, I'm also a little bit Danny Rojas. I got to say. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. With all his life. And he's just beautiful like that in person. We got, we were so lucky. We got to go to the premiere this year and he was there. He had had such a big role in in episode one. And I think he just loved, I just think he just was loving it. You know, everybody loves Danny Rojas. Like, oh, yeah. He's and then he's become a star now. He's, yeah, he's everywhere, everywhere. He's He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. Yeah, he's just so beautiful. Like, personality wise you just start feel warm and enveloped with when you're talking to him and he just feels like a light and so um and uh, like the whole cast actually like oh my gosh we got to meet rebecca who was just glowing and roy who was just lovely keely was she gave uh aj has a beautiful picture of him and keely just (laughs) in a really tight embrace like the whole cast is just lovely and i mean what a special time you know I think everybody's Absolutely. I think everybody's loving it and just we all know how lucky we are. So it's just it was just beautiful getting all together and celebrating and and that the cast was equally as lovely in person, you know? Like they just And they give a yeah. shout out. Mel got a shout out from Jeremy Swift, who plays Higgins mm-hmm. on Twitter the other week, complimenting uh, the editing. Uh, Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent, has basically said that, uh, you know, he, he's not athletic at all. And that's all the magic of the editors. So, yeah, you know, it's lovely to get those those shout outs and, you know, and they appreciate it. Yeah. yeah and because it's they shoot in London and we're here. And so, uh, you know, in any other show, we we're, we're just hidden. And I've worked on shows where you're actually like on the lot where they're filming. So you could walk down and meet the directors. And, um, you know, we didn't have any directors in our rooms uh i mean a few stop Declan, Declan came and visited us yeah and at the end like he'd already given his yeah. notes he was just yeah. in la and we to were still yeah. working um, yeah and everybody else yeah so it, it's nice that we were able to actually interact because i would oh, i just that's one thing i love doing is just going on to set for you know walking down talking about the dailies with the director with the mm-hmm. team meeting the cinematographers and the you know i love it too yeah yeah. And then, and they can give you little tip tidbits and like, Hey, check out for this, you know, and we just mm-hmm. kind of don't, you don't have that with this, you know, across the pond, but also <laughs> lovely for authenticity, authenticity. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so happy that they, you know, didn't try to find uh, editors in London. We got to be in All right. So I, I, it's a ble- like, kind of like, you know, um, the working from home, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes. And mm-hmm. you just have to embrace what you can embrace. And No, no, it sounds like, I mean, it was just, it's, it's a tight-knit uh, group. It's a tight family. And uh, you can just see that, uh, you know, especially ta- not only talking from, with you, but obviously watching the show. Uh, so congratulations again on some awesome work, an amazing show, and congrats on your Emmy nominations. Thank you. Uh, we're going to be rooting for you definitely at this year's Emmys, no doubt about it. Ooh. Mel and I are rooting for a tie, the Ted yeah. Lasso ties. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so a draw? awesome. A draw? <laughs> a draw. A draw. Yeah, use the regular draw. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, Melissa McCoy. Thank you. AJ Cataline, thank you for being here and, and taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, happy to have you here on the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. Thanks. Thank you, Joaquin. So cool to get some insight into the editing of one of my favorite shows on TV right now, Ted Lasso. It was great talking to Emmy-nominated editors Melissa McCoy, ACE, and AJ Kettling, ACE. Love their appreciation for mentorship and their advice on how to properly network, which is 
based on building relationships and trust with people. Thanks again for listening to episode 22 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. Please share this episode with any Ted Lasso fans or anyone that's looking to start or advance an editing career. My name is Joaquin Elizondo, the creator of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program. Stay safe, stay positive.